Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. You know, there's a funny side of this in here somewhere. You know, me stuck inside these four walls, unable to work, keeping house like some relic of the 50s, while you, you're out with your d- in some better version of me. No, Liv, there is no better version of you. That's... You promised me. You promised me you wouldn't be like my father. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm nothing, nothing like him. Look, this, this was just, it was... It was one night, one idiotic night. I wish had never happened. Okay? Thank you. For being honest. Now get out. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Get out! Get out! That's a wilderness. You can stream all six episodes now on Amazon Prime Video. James Dempsey uh, joins us once again. This sounds like a kind of pulp novel kind of thing almost. Well, it's based on a pulp novel. All oh, right, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's, written, it's based on a novel of the same name by um, a Welsh writer named Beverly Jones. Her pen name is B.E. Jones. And she was saying that, you know, she she herself was um, the PR spokesperson for the South Wales Police before she decided to cr- take a career break and give like writing thrillers ago mm. and uh, seemingly even though this was her sixth of seven books published I believe she was ready to throw you know the hat in um, throw the towel in rather uh, until she got the call that they were going to make this into a, t- a TV show and certainly I'm sure this will see some boom for her because yeah. Amazon have definitely put a lot of money into the marketing because you can't but have seen it somewhere uh, it's an odd one it is a totally serviceable fine grand show without being particularly good nor particularly bad it Mm -hmm. is just kind of like bang in the middle and yeah I'll come back to that in a second but basically to start with the plot we basically have Jenna Coleman uh, who is kind of you know, she's like my generation's Saran Jones, or like, or uh, that, Saran Jones' generation, uh, Sarah Lancashire. If you get me, yeah, like she's yeah, just yeah. she's just on her way up in that very, um, like she's very competent, capable, totally and good she actress. Will be in every ITV drama for the next ten years. Yes, until she's replaced. Absolutely yeah, yeah. right until she does something exciting and goes gets an Emmy or like fades. Yeah. Right, mm. and and she plays Liv, who is a, a Welsh woman. She's not Welsh herself. So she's putting on the little brogue Mm. and um, she's moved to New York with her husband Will he's got some quite indiscernible job like he seems to run events in a hotel but they have moved him to New York and I I don't get it but anyway right they're living in this incredible you know apartment and life is wonderful until she discovers as we heard in the clip that uh, Will has been playing away okay and he convinces her Let's get let's let's give it another go, and she sort of thinks yes, and then a, 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 a another event is discovered, and this propels her to think, you know what? I think I'm just going to kill him, <laughs> right? Which seems quite a rapid jump. It does really, yeah, <laughs> right to me. Like she went from nod to murder very, you know, very quickly. Look, she was wronged. I get that, right? But but still, um, and then they they are going on a trans-American road trip that sees them take. Uh, you know, a very circuitous route through, um, you know, Monument Valley to uh, the Grand Canyon to um, Yosemite, which is mm. like, I think, in Northern California, uh, and then back down to Las Vegas. And on the route, she plans this will be the ideal opportunity for, you know, Will to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, take a tumble down the Grand Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> and won't all my problems be solved? And of course, 
not only will they not be solved, it, you know, it won't be as easy as that, right? Mm. And to go into anything more than that, uh, potentially ventures into spoiler territory beyond one um, essential plot point, which is that roughly, I think, around episode three or two, whenever, whenever they're on the road trip anyway, uh, they they encounter Kara, who is played by Ashley Benson, who's probably best known as... Um, one of the pretty little liars if people ah, if, right. if you are yes. aware of that yeah. right um, so who knows her way around a pulpy thriller mm. herself she plays Cara who is Will's colleague who turns up on the trail with her husband partner I can't quite remember uh, Gareth who's played by Eric Balfour um, and there's a lot of confusion about exactly who she is and her relationship with Will etc yeah now the main problem with this is that it is six parts, right? There's a totally enjoyable idea here, right? This wronged woman, I want to murder my husband. <laughs> We've all been there. Happy yeah. endings, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but ultimately, it plays out far too long. Like when I was watching this, I was it really made me uh, it really made me admire that first season of You, the Netflix show, yeah. uh, with Pe- Penn Badgley about the kind of stalker guy who stalks women and kills various people in their lives in this incredibly deliciously fun, campy, silly way. Yeah. And this just is going. Like, like I, I was expecting it to be that same sort of campy pulp silliness because the very first scene of the show sees a massive CGI Black Widow walking across the asphalt of like, I guess, Route sixty six or whatever. When there, <laughs> when Liv drives straight over it with her like you know powder blue. Uh, muscle car mm. right and I thought okay this is going for you know tongue in cheek pulpiness which who wouldn't enjoy that? Mm. that is a yeah. wonderfully like Moorish chewy scene chewing stuff right but instead we get kind of you know a, a drab kitchen sink drama about her right we get a little bit about her background her relationship with her mother her own father who had who, who the family is estranged from we get in Will, played by Oliver Jackson Cohn, who probably is is best known as the Invisible Man in the recent Invisible Man. Yeah, uh, um, is he's kind of making a, a career for himself actually as the bad husband, right? Yeah. In numerous things, he was also in a show on on Apple TV Plus called Surface, in which he played another kind of you know cheating husband type, mm. and. His the problem with his character is aside him from being this tall, handsome British bloke. Like, there's no likeable quality to him at all. He just, if he's good at his job, we don't really get to see it because, mm. you know, his job is kind of poorly defined and his office, uh, his co-workers are all sort of drunkards who are just ready to get the leg over at the first wink, whatever. So the whole thing is just confusing. We get the first three episodes, which are about her attempt to, you know, uh, take down her husband. And then the back three follow, you know, uh, the results of, let's say, her planning. And I'm not going to say what happens therein. And in the back three, we return to New York, which is really quite disappointing because uh, the kind of only thing that was really propelling it for me in the first half of the season was how beautiful Canada was doing as a stand-in for (laughs) various parts of America. And like the scenery is spectacular Mm. at times. When we get back to New York, it's all just like interior shots in, you know, in apartments. Yeah. Some of the worst, worstly, poor, most poorly sketched police detectives I've seen in a long time. It just runs out of speed at the midway point, And that's a very disappointing thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah. 
<laughs> it's a shame, actually, because the premise is so daft yeah. that you'd think the, the rest of the show would continue with it. The that, premise is the so daft, but, it, but it, it just doesn't live up to that, ironically, yeah. right? Considering the character is called Liv. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is a shame. Uh, there won't be a wilderness too. Or is that a spoiler to even answer? That? Uh, I I very much doubt it. So, yeah. but but I would say the main person who who's benefiting from this is B. E. Jones, the writer, who has you know five other novels ready okay. to adapt. Uh, good on B. E. Uh, right, our next show is Telemarketers. Uh, the S at the end is a, is a dollar sign. You can stream all three parts now on Sky Documentaries and Now TV. Here's a clip. We didn't have to disclose all the details unless it asked specifically the person we call on the other line. Like, oh, so. They only get 10% and you keep the 90. So if I give you 100 bucks, you only give them $10? Gotta say yeah, because it's the truth. It really tested your rebuttal skills, you know? We just wouldn't take no for an answer, no matter what. They had a, a rebuttal for everything. Doesn't matter what you... You could have said, my mom just died. They had a rebuttal for that. Your house just burned down, John? Is it completely totaled? Now, John, I don't want to burn you, but okay. they do have a bronze at $20 or a booster at 15 Okay. And if you guys remember, there was rebuttals hung in the cubicle. Like, how could you not read that card right there? And when they say this, you say that and be able to spit it right at them. You know, they always just tell me, oh, it's tested. We test this, test that. I can't complain with the process, man. That worked. The weird thing was when I first read about this, I thought it was, it, it was fiction, that mm. it was, you know... That it seems kind of beggar's belief that these guys could work as telemarketers and just film everything without anybody <laughs> noticing. It is. This is incredible. The first episode of this in particular is one of the best episodes of television I've watched this year. The remaining two parts, while still very, very interesting, can't quite live up to mm. the, you know, jaw-dropping things that happened in the first episode. I loved it. The whole thing I thought was absolutely fascinating. A really brilliant, interesting look at like poverty and ex- exploitation in the US with characters who spend their lifetimes on the fringe finally being like centre stage for mm. a moment. So this is a really interesting documentary that is essentially, I think, like 25 years in the making. And it is about these two guys. Uh, one of them is also the director. His name is Sam Lipman Stern. And he was this like ne'er-do-well teenager who gave up on school uh, in his teens. And basically his parents told him in New Jersey, you've got to get a job. And the only place that would really hire him, or certainly where he liked working, was this call centre for this company called Civic Development Group, which uh, his colleagues dub as criminals do good, right? <laughs> and in it, um, you know, we, we see him and he brings his own camcorder in. So that's where we're getting an awful lot of the footage. So mm. what we heard in the clip there is a mixture between talking heads, which are, you know, contemporaneous, mm. and then this, you know, this footage of him from his time there. And it was like this bacchanal, right? Like the only people that they would hire, not the only, but the people, the majority, the vast, vast majority of people that were hired to do this telemarketing were convicts who they, you know, the recruiters would go to halfway houses and convince convicts to come in and join. There are then alcoholics, drug addicts, uh, re- retailers of various things of le- legal status mm. uh, working in this in this company ringing up people 
under the guise of raising money for um, a police union. And certainly they did do that, but only 10% of anything they ever got from anyone they rang ever went to this police union. And the 90% went to this company. Now, at one point, I think some way, uh, maybe kind of three quarters through the first episode, we're introduced to this other man whose name is Pat Paplis, who is another guy working in Pespis, sorry, Pat Pespis, who, who's this other guy working in, um, in, in CDG. He's, when we first meet him, he's in his like mid-30s. He's a heroin addict. And by that, I mean, we literally see him sniffing heroin before, like in the car before he walks into the building to yeah. do a full shift. Yeah. And he is the god of the place. He could like, I mean... However good I am at talking into a microphone, if I even am, this guy, like, just get him away, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he's he's a threat to anyone. He's silken tongue. He just he just can do it. He can he can talk while <laughs> while experiencing the you know highs of of heroin addiction yeah. and obviously the lows that go with it. He can talk to people over the phone and just get them to pay fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, however many. Yeah. He's he is the closer, and that's why they keep him around. Mm. And at one point, he sort of turns to his friend, young protege, Sam, and goes, you know, they're keeping all the money and this is really just a whole scam. And the pair of them begin, essentially, this 20-year-long quest to uncover the scam and to bring it to light and try and talk about it. Now, obviously, uh, 20 years is a very long time for them to do that. So other things happen in the meantime, such as... Pat just disappearing off the face of the earth for yeah. 10 years and them not knowing where he is before he resurfaces changed. And just what I found so unbelievably fascinating about this was just seeing these completely marginalized, marginalized Americans, right? Like people who have come out of jail with very little prospects. And this is the only place potentially where they can get a job that pays mm. anything meaningful. Pat himself explains that he is in the company because they give him medical insurance and his wife, who we meet a number of times through it, is of quite poor health. So he is staying around in this arena, which is completely bad for his addiction issues, yeah. which he thinks is morally corrupt simply because it's keeping his wife alive. And yet he still wants to uncover it the further he goes into it. When it gets into the nitty gritty of the actual, you know, the the quote unquote alleged uh, con artistry here, mm. It gets very interesting and there's a, there's kind of a, there's this very fascinating naivete and amateurness to their journalism where, you know, they're not, they're not like the New York Times, right? They're not the Guardian, <laughs> yeah. but they have stumbled their way into this really interesting story and they managed to convince various backers to back them. They, you know, they get a crew off Craigslist to basically yeah. follow them around and they have the kind of fearlessness of knowing they're on the right side, right? So, mm. like, there's this really brilliant moment where years, years later, they go to this convention and Pat, who is now recovered from his, uh, or as far as we know, anyway, he's recovered from his heroin addiction, just walks straight up to people and he's, yeah. like, shameless <laughs> in how he does it. So, really, just, a, a really just incredibly fascinating documentary. Okay, sounds extraordinary. Right, our third show, uh, you, you, you already knew what was back. It's Neighbours, a new chapter, Mondays to Thursdays at 2pm on RT1 and 6pm on RT2. You can catch up on the RT player. Here's a clip. What do you think? Oh, yeah, um, it'll match your tie. <laughs> yeah, this is a happy day. I know, I know. Never been a love story quite like it. No. <laughs> oh, good morning. Good morning. How'd you sleep? Oh. 
Always sleep well in Ramsey Street. Thank you, Carl. Really? <laughs> you didn't get the 3 a.m. wake-up call then? No. Oh, yes. Yes, I heard somebody coming in. Yeah. What, what are you doing with that, Harold? Oh, well, no, I did notice that it hasn't been updated since my last visit. Huh. Gosh, a lot's happened in the last two years. Yes, plenty of things we didn't see coming. Well, we can't just let history slip away from us. We have to fill in the gaps while it's still fresh in our memory. Eh? Sounds wonderful, Harold. Gotta go. Bye. What was it you wrote? Together we are the perfect blend. Mm-hmm. So people might now. I know people w- grew up on Neighbours. They mm. love Neighbours. They're going to watch it anyway. But it, it still begs the question. What's the point of this, given that it seemed to have ended yeah. so perfectly? So, and that's it, right? I am a Neighbours fan. I watched Neighbours to the bitter end, uh, although it was quite a sweet end, I will say, right? Like, I, my whole life, I watched Neighbours. I spent a year in France <laughs> many, many years ago, and my mother used to, like, VCR record episodes <laughs> and post them to me in a pre, like, you know, streaming internet day. So, I, I you know, I've done my due diligence with Neighbours. Mm. And I... Was sorry to see it go when they announced that it was going 15 months ago. But I have to admit, if you were a Neighbours fan, and even if you weren't, you might have well tuned into the finale. Very pleased to see it go out on this great high, right? Like they tied up all their loose ends. I mean, it involved marrying people off, people getting scholarships, people dying (laughs) rather suddenly. But also um, they they brought in the big guns, right? They have this whole back catalogue cast of very, very famous people. Some of them came to the set, some of them filmed, you know, via camera, but they all chipped in for this very, very fond farewell to a show that potentially had run its course. And they, they did it perfectly. And then when they announced, you know, maybe six months later, oh, we're coming back. It was with some trepidation that I read the news because, you know, like basically what has happened is the the buzz the generate the buzz generated about that finale piqued Amazon's interest and now it's being made by um, Freevee, which is an offshoot of Amazon that we actually can't get here, which is somewhat uh, frustrating because there's a very very interesting show that I haven't seen yet called Jury Duty, which is on Freevee that we can't see yet. but here it's on RT, obviously. But uh, now Amazon are, are broadcasting in the US and in the UK and wherever Freevee airs episodes at 7am every morning, four days a week. And they have thrown a bit of cash into this, right? You have the, men, a lot of the cast back again, down from five episodes to four. But they've thrown in Misha Barton, late of the OC. I mean, very late of the OC. Yeah. But um, as a bit of kind of American interest. Now, my friend Ian, who is a Neighbours super fan, listens to Neighbours, the podcast, gave me a Lasseter's <laughs> pen recently. Neighbours. <laughs> right? he, he, he tells me that Misha Barton was actually always originally supposed to be in regular Neighbours before the new chapter. Okay. So it's not that surprising that she has shown up. But all in... I watched it with, you know, I have to admit, it, I watched the first few episodes with my mother uh, and we were sitting there going, it's very wooden, right? Mm. It's very silly. And oh. the first episode ended on this like big, surprising twist. And by the f- end of the fourth episode on Thursday of last week, I was like, yep, 
I'm back in. <laughs> right? right, okay. And but, uh, uh, now, I know nothing about Neighbours, but my impression from the first episode of this new series is that it was totally confusing. People weren't with people anymore yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So basically, um, as we heard in the clip there, even though it's been 15 months in, in real time, it has been two years, as if that is some massive increase, <laughs> right? In, in Erinsborough time on Ramsey Street. And in those two years, an awful lot of changes have happened, including, you know, the, the, fin- the finale episode ended with one character marrying someone else. Mm-hmm. And the first episode of a new chapter ended with that guy marrying someone else That's completely. Right. So Wow, that was quick. Yeah, I don't even know how quickly you can get divorced in Australia, <laughs> but you couldn't do that here. And basically, um, it was it, you know they a lot of the characters who were all sticking around, the, you know, they were going to stay on the street, have departed to be replaced by newbies. But that is always the nature of soaps. Sure, soaps are yeah. transitory. Your absolutely best friend, your brother. It goes off and is never seen again, again, never heard from again. So that, like that, to me is totally par for the course. The thing about soaps is. Um, they are ephemeral, right? Like, in addition to uh, Amazon now broadcasting episodes every week, they have also packaged, and we can avail of in this country, the last 10 years of Neighbours. So you can just go okay. back to 2012 and just watch from then on, which is probably, I don't know, a thousand episodes. Mm. Will I do that at some point? Probably not, because the whole point of soaps is to keep up with them in the here and now. It mm. only really matters what's happening right now, this week, this episode, because it's all going to get resolved <laughs> or the character is going to be gone and never heard from again. Yeah. <laughs> so those three shows are Wilderness. You can stream all six episodes now on Amazon Prime Video. Telemarketers, you can stream all uh, three parts now on Sky Documentaries and Now TV. And of course, Neighbours, a new chapter Mondays to Thursdays at 2pm on RTE 1 and 6pm on RTE 2 and you can catch up on the RTE player. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk.